News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. Welcome to the show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Getter, Facebook and Locals and everything else. And the podcast is at WBT.com. Uh, although right now there's it's it hasn't updated in a while, so they're working on the redirect on that, um, on the RSS code. Anyway, does, this is the headline at the News and Observer, classic, does viral video expose conspiracy to keep school masks indefinitely? Wake says no. That's the headline. So does a viral video expose a conspiracy to keep school masks indefinitely? Okay, first off, I don't think it's a conspiracy. Why would you say conspiracy? Why are you trying to frame this like it's some sort of like Alex Jones level nutballery? It's not. It's like people are literally making the argument in public. Like experts, health officials, political leaders, they're making the argument that we should be masking every single flu season, right? So this isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't this isn't something that some people have like cooked up, uh, you know, when they're not busy advancing their flat earth society, right? So what is the video? Well, it's a video of the assistant superintendent up in Wake County Schools where a guy's name is Paul Coe. And um, the video clip, and I think it's like a, I want to say the clip was like 26 seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was a 26 second clip that got picked up by a Twitter account which is a hilarious Twitter account, uh, by the way. Libs of TikTok is the name of it. <laughs> and basically all it does is grab TikTok videos and post them and uh, of liberals on TikTok. And so um, this and there are, there are several versions uh, of this all over the place uh, for both sides. But Libs of TikTok took this video, posted it, and it has gone viral. It's got like, I don't know, quarter to a half a million views now and all these retweets and likes and whatever so the 26 second clip shows this assistant superintendent saying that we want to mask two-year-olds to train them in mask compliance in preparation for the next few years okay so when this starts going viral Wake County comes out and says, no, 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 you guys are reading it all wrong. You don't have the right context. Like, okay, well, what's the right context? And so they release a longer video. And this is a minute and 46 seconds. And they said, this video will prove that the libs of TikTok Twitter account has misconstrued what Assistant Superintendent Co. said. All right. I have the entire one minute, 46 second clip. So let's take a listen and you decide for yourself. What do you think he is saying? Is he saying that we need to mask kids at the age of two in order to get them used to the masks? So when they go to school in a couple of years, they will be ready for the masks, right? We're going to start training them in mask compliance early. So when they go to pre-K and kindergarten, they will be better able to tolerate the masks. That's what the short clip led one to believe let's take a listen to the the longer clip and be disabused of this notion before is what we had in our current guidance that said that you know ages three to four strongly recommended and age five 
required even in pre-K settings. So originally it was that, but that guidance was updated to age two years or older recently. And, and, and Mr. Coe, I, I really appreciate your clarification too, because in, in terms of what the policy is, because when I, I like Ms. Carter, when I think of two-year-olds, I can see a lot of difficulty having any of these kids wear the masks with any sort of fidelity or, or regularity. And so, but you're explaining to me that it's it's sort of like a, a best effort. It's not, you know, they're, they're not going to be penalized or, or punished or no. anything if they just don't have the developmental ability to do this. No, sir. Right? So we, I would say that in our programs, they, they work to make sure they're meeting the students where they're at and work mm -hmm. with them and the families to make sure that you know, between like two to five year olds, there's a, it's very different from say a 16 year old on whether masks can be kept on or not. And our, our, our instructors and teachers and, and program folks are working with the families to make sure that learning can occur towards full mask compliance later down their, their growth as, as students, right? So when they're at, it's like if you're a two year old, you're trying to help them practice for age three and then four when they're going into pre-K classrooms. And then from there, you're trying to help them get into normalized situation wearing masks potentially in a kindergarten classroom and so forth right so that's what we're trying to do and it's it is with a developmental lens and not a you must do this or else lens see so he's totally not saying that we're training the two-year-olds so when they get to pre-k they will be more accustomed to wearing the mask in three years from now he's totally not saying that it just it just sounds like he's saying that. It's not really what he's saying, though. Obviously. The libs of TikTok Twitter account got the video from Children First NC, a group that has been fighting Wake County's mask mandate. Kelly Mann, the group's founder, said that uh, this gentleman, Paul Coe, did not provide any health reasons for masking younger children. Um... She said, though, I want to thank him for his candor. It proves what parents have long suspected. The argument for masking children is short on science and long on alternative agendas that are aimed at forcing mask compliance on children as young as age two. State Superintendent Kathy Truitt also referenced the video at Thursday's State Board of Education meeting. She said that does not indicate progress towards removing the mask mandate. Now, look. There is a perfectly reasonable explanation for why it sounds like this is not moving us towards removing the mask mandate. There's a perfectly reasonable explanation. It's that it's not moving us towards the removal of a mask mandate, obviously. That's it's not where this is headed. School board chairwoman Lindsay Mahaffey said she's hopeful that the mask requirement will end soon. Quote, do we have a nefarious desire to maintain masking for years and years? No, this is not anything that I've heard discussed. No, no, no. We're not trying to keep the mask mandates in place on these young kids for years and years. So what kind of monsters do you think we are? That's why we're training the two-year-olds so they'll be comfortable with the masks when they get to pre-K years and years down the road. I don't know what you people are... What are you objecting to here? My goodness, a bunch of tinfoil conspiracy hat-wearing people here, right? Oh, Alex Jones called. He needs his conspiracy back. See, I don't know why everybody is making such a big deal about what this assistant superintendent said. I mean, just because he said 
that between like two to five year olds very different than a 16 year old you know it's like if you're a two-year-old trying to help them practice for age three and then four when they're going into pre-k classrooms and from there you're going to try to help them get into a normalized situation wearing masks potentially in a kindergarten classroom and so forth that's what we're trying to do right the they're trying to to gaslight us now saying that him describing getting two-year-olds comfortable wearing masks right now in preparation for their arrival at pre-k or kindergarten that that is not indicative of a desire to make masking a long-term policy why else are you teaching a two-year-old right now to mask up for kindergarten what's the alternative explanation there isn't one but they just say there is and the news and observer dutifully regurgitates it just vomits it right back out to you well wake county said that we're just reading it all wrong like who are you going to believe wake county public schools and the news and observer or your own ears when you hear him say these things are we supposed to just what not believe him what a, like does he need some sort of like interpreter through the media to tell us what he really means? Is this like the Donald Trump thing where we, you know, we're taking him literally, but not seriously, like that kind of stuff? Or is it possible that they do anticipate masking to be with us for a, a very long time? I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the more rational, obvious explanation. As I've said many times, I am an Occam's razor kind of a guy. Right? I try to look for the most obvious explanation, the most simplest explanation, and go with that. Generally speaking, usually it's true. Daniel with a tweet at Pete Callender says, It's all theater. God bless, buddy, but congrats on breaking some brains today with logic and consistency. Uh, did you ask the pharmacy the cycle threshold this way? I did not. I have not asked them. I'm not. Look, look I understand. That they're just doing their job. And when I was asking the guy, and I made a point of saying this, by the way, uh, not to the to the guy I was talking to, but I made a point in saying it in my uh, retelling of the tale here, was that I'm not trying to uh, aggravate the the workers at the pharmacy. They're doing whatever the corporate entity told them to do, right? Like, this is the the protocol. This is what you're going to do. This is how to handle this. And that's what they are conveying to me. But I am asking them the questions to find out what the rules are and to try and figure out what the why is. And for people like the earlier emailer, it creates cognitive dissonance. And so he just lashes out. He attacks. Oh, Pete, you're just... Oh, you're just so super smart, man. You're just smarter than everybody else. I, I didn't say I was smarter than anybody else. I long said I am not, actually. I'm a man of average intelligence. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a super smart person here. I'm just asking a question. Usually it's the why question. That's it. That's usually what gets people so perplexed. I just ask them why. Oh, really? Why? How so? That's another one. Such as. You ask these questions and you get people to elaborate. For example, on the mask mandate in Mecklenburg County. Oh, this is an interesting connection here, too. 
So the mask mandate, and I do have, I, because I never got to that audio uh, from our public health director at his last update, uh, so I'll try to get to that uh, as, uh, as well here as part of this uh, this conversation on Mecklenburg County's mask mandate, which we are under until we get five, conse- or sorry, seven consecutive days of being below 5% positive. 5 Percent positive is the metric that they use. So you take all the cases of COVID and how many uh, negative versus positive. And if you get 95% of the tests coming back negative, actually 95.1% of the tests coming back negative, then we can all be out from under the mask mandate. So I am actually going to help you because you know me, I'm a giver. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to get this PCR test. It's going to come back negative, I think, maybe, we'll see. And I will uh, I will have contributed to the negative percentage. So I'm doing my part. See, here's the thing. If everybody rushes out and gets the tests and gets a bunch of them, we may be able to turn the tide on this thing and get, our, get out from under the mask mandate. Just throwing that out there. But the reason we have the mask mandate is because the county commissioners approved the mandate in a vote because the Mecklenburg County... Board of Commissioners, the county commissioners, they are also our Board of Public Health, as I've described before, while also pointing out that none of them are actually qualified to be on a public health board. But um, this board of uh, nine members, they voted the mask mandate in its current form, and the last vote they had on it was September. And at the time... I noted, oh, hey, that was a 5-4 vote for this mask mandate. And uh, this was the extension of the mandate to the churches and other religious services, as well as funerals and weddings. And they said that, and they, basically they uh, they said, look, this should apply to all indoor spaces. And it was a 5-4 a, a to four vote. But the way the rules are written is that if you show up to the meeting, you, you register as present for the meeting, um, then... Even if you were to kind of like go out, go to the bathroom or something, step outside, whatever, you are going to be counted as a yes vote for the rest of that meeting. And in the era of Zoom, because of COVID, you got all these, you know, elected officials, they're Zooming in and they may turn off their cameras. They may not have a camera, whatever. So you don't actually know if they're there or not. And so their initial uh, signing in counts as their presence of at the meeting. And then anything else, if they don't vote, if you don't hear them vote, it's a yay vote. It's a yes. And that vote, five to four, hinged on one member voting yes, but not really voting yes. And there's been a development. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, County Commissioner, Mecklenburg County Commissioner Ella Scarborough is taking an unpaid medical leave of absence. That according to WSOC-TV's report by Joe Bruno saying that uh, her kids have informed him of this fact. Mecklenburg County Chairman George Dunlap says that Scarborough's children informed the county commissioners, I guess, of that decision Thursday morning, which was after 
Bruno, uh, the reporter, and me uh, noticed, and I, we noticed that, hey, Scarborough's not there again. She hasn't been at the meetings. And Bruno pointed out that the board has been essentially operating as an eight-member board, but with nine votes getting counted. When, when she zooms in, when, when somebody, we don't know who, somebody connects to the meeting, and then you don't hear her, she doesn't vote on anything, Dunlap has now just even stopped asking for her vote. At the beginning, he would say, Commissioner Scarborough, and wait for her to respond, and then there would be no response, and he would move on. He's not even doing that anymore. The children declined uh, to say what Scarborough's medical issue is. And that's fine. I don't need to know what the medical issue is. I do need to know that the person who was elected to represent at-large voters, whether or not that person is able to fulfill the duties of their office. And if they are not, then yes, they need to step aside. Now, they say she's taking an unpaid medical leave of absence because that was one of the other things. She has been apparently paid while not working. The children declined to say what uh, her medical issue is. Uh, They say she's been absent due to medical and mobility issues. Quote, we as the Scarborough family appreciate the concerns and would ask for your continued prayers. You have them, by the way. You have them, Scarborough family. This And this is not like, this is not in any way, shape, or form any kind of an attack on someone who is ill. Which, as everyone, I think, everybody kind of understands that she is and has been for a while. And that's sad. And I'm not, nobody's trying to like, because look, there isn't any political advantage to be won here. There isn't. It's a complete Democrat-controlled board. Her on the board or off the board, it doesn't matter because they're all Democrats. Now, it does matter on a mask policy vote that she was the deciding vote on. And there are questions about whether or not it was her that cast that vote, right? Because the in September, there was the controversial vote over the county manager's pay. Right? That sparked an investigation into whether somebody else voted on her behalf. County commissioners say that Scarborough did not cast the vote herself and that it was the voice of someone else. Now, her children deny that. They say Scarborough voted uh, herself. That's one thing. Okay? That's one thing. It is another thing, though. In my view, the more controversial story is that on September, uh, the first meeting of September, uh, I believe it was the it was the eighth or ninth. I, I don't have my calendar in front of me, but the um, uh, the Mecklenburg County Health or sorry, uh, Board of Commissioners, also the Health Board, um, they expanded the mask mandate, and it was a five to four vote, and you had voting for it: Lee Altman, Susan Rodriguez McDowell, Laura Meyer, Mark Jurell, and Ella Scarborough. They voted to remove an exemption. That meant churches and uh, other religious services, funerals, weddings, and the like, they were exempted under the mandate. And those five yes votes removed that exemption. And Ella Scarborough was one of those yes votes. Did she vote? Was she there? No. Cotham and Dunlap and uh, Pat Cotham, George Dunlap, Elaine Powell, and Vilma Malik, they all voted no. Now, would they have voted no if they knew it would have been a 4-4 split? 
See, because they got political cover to vote no. There was a, there was an, uh, there was a political advantage potentially for those four vote uh, for those uh, votes. They could have voted the way they voted, knowing that it was going to pass anyway. But they wanted to do a solid for whatever reason to uh, you know constituency class whatever. Because they're all voting right now to keep the mandate going. They all keep the mandate in place. But earlier they said, no, no, we're going to leave a carve-out for churches. Back in September, now, that was before Omicron, so maybe things changed or whatever. But And I don't know these things to be true. I don't know if there was a political advantage or not. I'm simply pointing out here that there, there was potentially a benefit for other board members. And I said this at the time, by the way, that... As long as you word your motion in a way that's designed to get yes votes, you walk in the door of every county commission meeting with one yes vote already in your pocket. And that's Ella Scarborough's. Now, is she representing people by being an automatic yes on every single matter? What about a controversial you know, measure that comes up and it's a, it's a 4-4 split? She's not there, but her vote counts as a yes. This is a problem. Now, Dunlap has said, he has said this a couple times, that um, they can't do anything about this. The county commissioners can't do a single thing about it. And actually, I'm not so sure that's true. I have seen general statute, I think it was like 145-something, general statute that says, County commissioners can actually send the sheriff's office out to get one of their fellow commissioners or do a welfare check on them. They can actually do that. I'm not I am not saying they should. I am simply saying you do have a remedy available for you. You can actually have your sheriff go do a wellness check on that county commissioner. Because at some point like you haven't been in contact with the commissioner and you've only been hearing this stuff through their uh, the, her family members, her kids. And what if, and I'm not alleging this, but what if the children are attempting to hide something from the public? I'm not saying they are. I want to be very clear. I'm not making an allegation. I'm just saying, what if they are? If you had nefarious people involved, and I'm not saying they are, but if you have nefarious people involved, this could be a pretty big deal, no? This is setting a precedent, no? WSOC-TV's Joe Bruno, in a report from yesterday, headline, Ella Scarborough will take unpaid medical leave and not run for re-election, her children say. Quote, we as the Scarborough family appreciate the concerns and would ask for your continued prayers. We ask that you respect our privacy wishes at this time. She is on medical leave. She's not being negligent. She is taking care of her well-being and what the citizens of Mecklenburg County can do is continue their prayers and love and support. Troy Scarborough says his mother will not run for re-election. He says she is not stepping down in case she feels well enough to return to the dais. He and his sister are caretakers for their... Wait, what? Wait a minute. I guess temporarily? Caretakers? She's not stepping down in case she feels well enough to return. Um, She's still... They say she still continues to live in Mecklenburg County. The apartment those that she's registered to vote at is now vacant. 
Mecklenburg County commissioners have rarely referenced her and have effectively been operating as an eight-member board since last fall. Scarborough's last appearance at a meeting was virtually in October. While Scarborough was signed into the meeting, she frequently did not respond when called on for votes. But since she was signed in, her vote was counted as a yes for all measures. A records request returned last May that asked for all emails sent by Scarborough's county email address showed that the longtime commissioner had sent one email up to that point in 2021. I mean, that's almost like a Roy Cooper level of email numbers right there. Remember old Roy Cooper? Remember they... Yeah, remember, I think it was, what, News and Observer, maybe WRAL. Somebody uh, did a records request for all of his emails before he ran for uh, governor back in, I think, 2016. They they asked for this, and uh, it turned out that in, like, almost 20 years as attorney general, he had sent, like, 12 emails or something. And the explanation was, oh, no, he does all his business in person. You know, he just kind of walks down the hall, and he's like, hey. What's going on? You know, and he talks to people in the hall. Yeah, he's on the phone. He's working the phones all the time. Yeah, either that or he's got another email address that he's been using, like uh, Carlos Danger. Oh, I'm sorry. For folks who are new to North Carolina, that was the uh, that was the the name that Mike Easley used with his fake email account. The former governor, Mike Easley. Or I'm not. What did I say? Carlos? No, Nick Danger. Sorry, Nick Danger. I don't, why, I, don't say, I don't know why I said Carlos Danger. Nick Danger, right? Yeah. Uh, that, it was the name of some, like, I don't know, 1930s detective character, whatever. Like, never heard the name before, but that was, yeah, that was Mike Easley's fake email account name that he used to do official business under, so it would be shielded from FOIA requests. But I'm sure... I'm sure Cooper doesn't do any of that. I'm sure it's all just, you know, hallway chats and phone conversations. That's all. Um, Despite no longer participating in meetings, Scarborough continues to be paid by taxpayers. The total compensation for Mecklenburg County commissioners is more than $50,000 a year. Total compensation includes base salary, general expenses, and car and technology allowances. And uh, this prompts a, a tweet uh, at Pete Callender, uh that she has been getting paid the whole time. Pete, who's cashing her checks? They should return that money. This does raise another question. If she is not actually fulfilling uh, the, the duties of her office, and I know that the family is now saying that she is taking an unpaid medical leave of absence, but not resigning her seat... Like, I, I'm kind of curious, like, what are the rules regarding that? I don't know. Uh, but it seems to me like if you're going out for a medical absence, which I would submit has probably been the case since October, since the last time she was actually part of a meeting, you know. Um, but if you're taking a medical leave of absence, do you have to be unpaid for that? Like, it's sick time. You're an elected official, so, like, I don't know what the rules are for that. Why would you offer to go unpaid if you don't have to? She's she's not running for re-election, so, like, what, we're just going to ride this out, so she's just going to be 
like hanging around. And if she's well enough to attend a Zoom meeting one night a week, then she'll do that. How is this benefiting the voters? I, I mean, seriously, like, how is this a better deal for voters to have someone who maybe and again i we i do wish her the best i wish her recovery i'm not i I, i'm not trying to pile on somebody or make this difficult for the family but i think the family needs to understand that this is not sort of a usual kind of situation your mom's an elected official and the people that put her in office deserve representation she is obligated to provide that. And if she cannot provide that, the the remedy here is not for her to s- kind of step aside temporarily with a medical leave of absence. Maybe she can show back up for one meeting a month or two or whatever. Maybe for the next, what, nine months? If she's not running for re-election... Unless there's some other reason that I am not aware of, like there's some sort of, and I don't think this is the case, they don't get pensions or anything, so uh, maybe it's a health benefit issue. Maybe that's the deal. She Fine, we won't take the pay, but she'll, she'll get the medical benefits. Maybe that's the point. And that's what, and, but they don't want to say that. But maybe that is the point. But I don't know. I mean, she would get Medicare at her age, so I, I, I don't know. But it does raise the question of why would you make the decision you've made? See, there it is again, that question. Why? And here's another point. Thank you. Momo on Twitter asks, uh, how sick must she be to not be able to attend a Zoom meeting? Yeah, that's a pretty good why question, too. She cannot attend a Zoom meeting. Why? Her... Her failing health has been known for a while. And the people on that board of county commissioners, the people inside her family, the people in the county uh, government, uh, people in the Democratic Party, uh, they have been they, they have been protecting her. And I understand I'll give you the benefit of the data and I'll understand you know you're doing it from a from a place of love, especially f- you know for the family, obviously. It's from a place of love, but this isn't right, guys. It's not right. And, and I fully recognize you're going to put somebody else into that seat who is of a like mind politically. So there's not even a benefit here uh, like that's going to help the Republicans or something. That's not even on the radar. That's not even part of the equation. It's simply she ran for an office. She is unable to fulfill the, the obligations that she signed up for, that she took an oath to do, and she's not doing it. And keeping her in that seat is not fair to the people that elected her. It's not. There needs to be a nine-member board. That's what it is supposed to be constituted of nine people. And I don't understand what the point is of saying we got to keep her on the board for another nine months where she may be able to show up at a Zoom meeting. But in the past, when she shows up, she doesn't vote. She's not participating. She's not weighing in on anything. She's not sending emails. It's functioning, as Bruno reports, as an eight-member board. But, of course, it allows the uh, fellow commissioners to run various motions through uh, and have a yes vote ready to go. I mean, not only Ella Scarborough's, 
but their own. So you walk in the door with two yeas, right? Two yes votes. You got to pick up a second for your motion, whatever motion you try to make. So there's three. So now all you need to do is get two votes and you can get something passed. So it makes it easier. It does. It makes it easier for them. Is that the play here? I mean, it seems kind of petty, but it is politics. What do I know? All right. Up next, we'll take some. Uh, well, we'll get a uh, listen to the audio from the mask mandate presentation that was given by the public health director. 